Agency Nation, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your guest host, Caitlin Agar, and today is a chance to pick the brain of someone who's just really active in the independent agent space as far as the moving parts and pieces that have to do with technology. And today is a really exciting episode. I'm really, I've been looking forward to chatting with you guys because So often as insurance agency owners, we spend our time making sure that everyone else is protected. And today is about how you can take a few minutes to be strategic about protecting your agency, this amazing asset that you're really spending your time, your energy, your resources in creating. And it's about the risks that you face as an agency owner. And some of them are silent and go under the radar because we think that it may never happen to us. But what we know is that in the cybersecurity space, there is a lot of movement going on in a negative direction. There's some scary stats out there right now that I want to make sure are on your radar. And one of those is that the number of records exposed from client data records is up 141% since 2019. And insurance is the third most targeted sector for cybersecurity threats. And that's kind of a big deal because insurance agents handle our clients' data and they're trusting us with their information. And so today's episode is all about how to strategically prepare so that you never have to tell a client that their data has been breached. That's a painful conversation that we never want to have happen for you or for that client. So I want to welcome to the episode a special guest, Ron Berg, and he's the Executive Director for ACT, the Agents Council of Technology. Hi, Ron. How are you? Hi, Caitlin. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thanks for joining us. And I've been looking forward to picking your brain about cybersecurity because I think it's just one of those things that kind of occasionally gets swept under the rug for agency owners, not intentionally, but just because we're so busy and have so many demands for our attention, for our resources, for our time. And it's one of those crucial things where if we could spend a little time being aware of the risks that we face, we could really get a good plan in place and start moving in the right direction. So, Ron, thanks for joining us to chat about that. Can you tell us a little bit about ACT for those of us who might not be familiar with the council? Absolutely, Caitlin. So, ACT is the Agents Council for Technology. It's one of about 50 programs under the Big Eye National umbrella. And ACT's been around since about 1999 and really came into fruition by bringing carriers and vendors together when real-time rating was kind of just emerging for personal lines. And ACT has emerged since then to be the place where carriers, vendors, agents and brokers, user groups, associations come together in our work groups and agree upon, take off you know corporate hats to a degree and agree upon tech solutions for agency workflow issues, free for big I independent agents. And the idea is that we focus on identifying, focus on different issues, cyber and security, customer experience, mm-hmm. emerging trends, small commercial rating, whatever, and identify the issue and develop education and actual real actual resources free for agents. 
And stats show that 80% of you listening right now probably didn't know that this was a free resource available to you. So let's take advantage of those resources that we have at our fingertips. So Ron, it sounds like you guys are doing a lot to try to make this as accessible to agents as possible. And I've, I've been able to take a peek at some of these resources and they're so practical and useful. So you've made a lot of tools available to agencies. What are some of the top two to three tools that you think are underutilized in this space? I would say that the, the top three are probably around planning and preparedness. Okay. Uh, one is a, an agency disaster plan. Um, mm. We we found that going into the pandemic, we created an agency disaster plan a few years ago that helps agencies. It's downloadable and it helps them understand the steps they need to take to plan for disasters for their physical agency location, their staff, their company interactions, technology, a number of things. And we found the best agents who pivoted into the pandemic had a disaster plan in place and were able to use that. So it taught us that there are a lot of different definitions to what a disaster is. So that's one of the big ones. And I'm guessing when you guys wrote that one, that pandemic wasn't even the kind of disaster that was top of mind. We had to add it as, as a list of uh, types of pandemic or uh, disasters. So another one is customer experience. And that's such a wide term and it gets thrown around, but bottom line is, these days, and and particularly since the pandemic, it was absolutely growing before that. But customers have an experience expectation based on their experiences with, you know, I could list all of the the big online shopping giants and their banks and everything. So agents need to understand the different phases that a consumer goes through when they become aware they need insurance, to when they start searching for an agency, when they find them and start vetting them when they purchase through them, when they go through their Mm -hmm. policy phase renewal. And what ACT did was create the only of its kind customer experience journey website that helps agents understand each of these six phases and the tech touch points, the digital touch points underneath that they need to enable. And things like simple as a a robust website and SEO and things you might expect, Mm -hmm. but things also like chat, robo chat, Uh, online quoting, online apps, any number of things, reviews. So that's something that we've been working on for about seven years in different iterations. And it's we've created a free online easy experience. Mm -hmm. The third, which is what we're going to talk about, is cyber. We created an agency cyber guide, version 3.0. It's an online free resource that helps agents understand the trends, the potential costs and penalties, the regulations, the myriad of onerous regulations that are incumbent upon them to address a matrix of vendors that can help them with that and some free resources from ACT and partners. That's so comprehensive because between the tools you guys have created for the agency disaster plan and then thinking through the digital touch points of the customer experience, there's so many different paths to follow to really help our agencies grow and stretch and become stronger in areas that might not be getting as much attention right now. So with that cyber guide, the agency cyber guide 3.0, for the agents who are listening to this on audio right now, where can they find this? This is on the the Big Eye website. Yes. So Mm -hmm. everything ACT does, we've got our own dedicated home landing page and series of pages 
but being we're a big eye program, we launch off the big eye main website. So it's independentagent.com slash act ACT. So the cyber guide, we create vanity URLs to make it easy. The cyber guide is simply independentagent.com slash act cyber one word. Wonderful. So make sure that after this episode, you take a moment to pull up that guide. And we're going to talk through a couple of the steps that it walks through that are just important to be aware of. Ron, what scares you the most when you think about cybersecurity right now? How important is that for us to carve time for today when there's so much else going on that needs work? There's no shortage of things that, that scare when it comes to cyber, the complexity, the ferocity with which these bad actors are attacking the IA distribution. And you shared the stat around the number of records breached, though the number of breaches themselves decreased in 2020, the number of records breached increased greatly. It's the, it's the classic hockey stick. And yes, independent agents, the insurance distribution is now the third highest sector of focus for bad actors. Over 12% of all breaches are in in the insurance distribution. So the bad actors are targeting us because they think that their efforts will be more fruitful. They've seen that their efforts will be more fruitful. And it's not just lest we allow agents to be lulled into a false sense of security. It's not just the big carriers and it's not just the tech providers, it's agents. We're seeing time after time where agents are being targeted in a number of ways, ransomware the most. So I I think back to your initial question, the biggest thing that scares me is that with every technology innovation, every implementation, CRM, management system, whatever, there are myriad of cyber issues at the fore there. And it is so easy for agents with everything they have going on with the regulatory and compliance and sales and staff to put it off another week and another week and then be open to a breach just because it's complex. And that's ACT's job and our combined industry's responsibility to make it easier to describe what the steps are, help them create a strategic plan, and then make it easy for them to understand the areas that they have to implement. So to an average agency, if a cybersecurity attack or a data breach sounds kind of looming and ethereal, can you break down for us what that might look like in forms of an internal or or external breach? So it can be a number of things. We hear of ransomware most often, and that will continue for the future to be one of the primary attacks where a busy staff person or principal, it's not just staff, clicks on a link that appears to be legit. And it introduces ransomware that locks up their system. And until a ransom is paid in Bitcoin, usually the system is locked. Now, if an agency is doing a fantastic job of backing up everything, has a lot in the cloud through management system or whatever, and there's no been no real data that's been compromised, they can just tell the bad actors to, to go away and they reboot all their, or not reboot, they, they reload all their systems, which is not as 
simple as it may sound. But ransomware is just one way of these incursions. There, there's a lot of social engineering going on out there where they're sending emails, trying to get information to build a profile that they can use for an attack. We've seen instances where invoices have been paid by staff that aren't really invoices at all, and the money just can't be returned. And that's for thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Goodness. We've seen where an errant link was clicked. No data was lost, but all of a sudden, their computers are getting slower and slower, and it's part of a large exercise to use their computing cycles to mine for Bitcoin. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but then the FBI comes in and takes all computers and servers, and the agency is left with basically nothing except their wow. last backup and needing to buy new computers. Oh, my so goodness. There's a lot of different forms, and the resources that the regulatory steps prescribe are meant to help agents with that as owners as they may seem. And in your agency cyber guide 3.0, one of the things that you mentioned is how to conduct a vulnerability assessment. And so what are some of the things that agencies are doing to make themselves most vulnerable? Some of it is somewhat reactionary. It's not always the agency's fault or lack of preparedness. I think there, there are things like using outdated browsers, using the same password for everything. While the same password for everything. And then yeah, the post-it uh, note on the desk that has the password. <laughs> or worse yet, a spreadsheet on the computer that lists all mm. the IPs and passwords. Sharing passwords, not having your operating system updated regularly, not okay. having the latest version of Windows and enabling the security updates and other updates. I think those are some of the big things that agencies are doing. Okay. I think that the, the risk assessment guide comes into play here as a really important tool as well in figuring out where those vulnerabilities lie. So can you talk to us about what the risk assessment is and how we can use it? Sure. So there are generally, to back up and, and paint a little higher picture, 12 different compliance things that an agency dependent upon size may have to take on. From as detailed as multi-factor authentication or doing penetration testing, though based on the state, based on the law, agencies may be ex have an exemption if they're under a certain amount of employees and under a certain amount of revenue per year. Gramm-Leach-Bliley was the first Mm -hmm. act that put these 12 regulations in place and the New York DFS has had its hand and NAIC is a suggested model law that states are adopting. But to your question, the first few things that you have to do, Caitlin, as an agency, the first thing is assess where you are, a risk assessment. Similar to what we were talking about with the disaster planet, you have to take a look at everything you have to develop your plan. So risk assessment while it can be not an easy thing for an agency to take on, it has the great benefit of helping an agency parse through and document what all of their on-premise systems are, what cloud systems you have, what servers you have, what firewalls you have in place, and on and on. Once you have that risk assessment, which is required, even if that wasn't required, I would say that would be the place to start. Right. Then you can go through and start creating your plans that 
Uh, having a written information security plan mm -hmm. is the next step. That's informed by the risk assessment. Uh, having an incident response plan. What happens? No different than a disaster. What happens when you have a breach? And I will say that every state has a slightly different definition of what a data breach is and how you communicate to your customers, what penalties might be in play if you don't have these things in place, and safe harbor for you as an agent if you've encrypted everything. So what we do within the ACT Agency Cyber Guide 3.0 is take each of these steps, risk assessment, written information security plan, incident response plan, and on and on, describe what they are, and then give you links to where to get started. Some of them may be free, like we have a free downloadable written information security plan or WISP. Some are at cost, like some of the vendors, we just bring together all the vendors who, tech providers who provide cyber services. So most small to medium agencies don't have an IT department, much less a security department. So you may need help along the way, whether it's an agency training or penetration testing or whatever. So we created a matrix that helps you select a vendor based on your needs. That's great. So the matrix would have links to different vendors that can help you build out the security plan and, and customize that for your agency. And I love that you guys have that sample cybersecurity policy. I know that a lot of agents listening are probably familiar with a WISP, or if they came from the captive world, may have it may have been a requirement that you had one ready to go. And so taking some time to get that updated and be thinking through the steps is going to make a world of difference. Ron, in the incident response plan, what, what are just some things that you found are helpful when responding to an incident or things to be aware of as far as timeliness or being prepared so that you don't misstep? We've seen in talking to agents who've had incursions that it's just the biggest sigh of relief to know that you have a plan to go to and respond with. So it's things like having staff defined who handle the different responsibilities. And I mentioned the different state laws and, and yes, they are in some cases very ambiguous or very onerous mm -hmm. or both. They'll say, you need to buy our laws for the state of Minnesota or state of Texas or wherever, respond in a reasonable amount of time to the Department of Insurance. And I always hate that. You know, there's very few things I hate I waste <laughs> energy on hating, but the use of the reasonable amount of time, yeah. what does that mean in court? So the less time that you can spend scrambling to understand what your plan is, the better. Some are very definitive. Within 60 days, you have to, after you've had some forensics done, you have to respond to the Department of Insurance on this state. And for agents who write in multiple states, it can be very confusing there's a great tool that we linked linked to in there called Mints Levin. They do a great job of taking every state in the United States and it's an online Excel spreadsheet of short sorts. You click on your state, it tells you all everything you need to know about the state statute, the time you need to respond, what you need to do, what you may have to provide to a customer, any penalties, and you compare the states you write in and you just adhere to the highest state's level. Oh, that's so helpful. So Getting back to your question, Caitlin, having staff defined, noting where you have your 
initial risk assessment stored, where you have your risk, your written information security plan stored, where all your documentation is, who all of your vendor partners are, your carrier partners are, anyone that you may need to communicate to. And as I tell everybody, it's never a one and done, not in this new cyber world, and it's not going to change anytime soon. You do it, and then you revisit it at least annually. It becomes a key practice for your agency. Just an ongoing process to update and just continuously be building on. And you mentioned some of those rapid tech changes that are happening, and we can only assume that there will be more on the horizon and with the legal ramifications as well and yeah. compliance requirements. So I don't see a silver bullet, a silver <laughs> bullet at this point. As much as I'd love to say another three months and we'll have the end all be all of cyber protection, it's the bad actors as intelligent as they are, but as terrible as their focus is, are are just either staying a step ahead or seeing the protections that we put in place and staying another step ahead or jumping ahead of it. So it's incumbent upon everyone to take the reasonable protections that we can, no different than securing our homes. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that that's top of mind for us is that last year quantum started having some employees that are working from home for the first time. And historically our sales production has been in one of our call centers in Fredericksburg, Virginia or Allen, Texas, or our agency force, but allowing some employees to work from home began to become critical, expected, common, something that was really just a part of being an adaptable organization that was nimble and able to do business in a different way. But I'm guessing that that probably brings some additional risk to agencies. So what do we need to be thinking about when it comes to setting up an employee to work from home? So that's another thing, another aspect (laughs) that an agency needs to plan for and can successfully do. I'll, I'll start out by saying we have a free downloadable remote work best practices guide nice. that agents can put in place that that kind of prescribes all of the things that that need to be in agreement with between an agency owner or agency leadership and an employee working either remotely fully or hybrid and a downloadable work agreement but to the security aspects there there are a number of those too when you have a remote work situation, there are more what are called attack surfaces. It could be a work laptop being used with home Wi-Fi. It can be a home laptop being used for work or a home cell phone, a personal cell phone being used partly for work. There are security concerns around making sure your router has a new password, not just the one that it came with, segmenting off partitions just or nodes just for work versus just for home. So the Act Security Issues Work Group, which created the Agency Cyber Guide 3.0, is going to be generating within the next month a remote work security guide specific to that. There are probably more things that we can talk about in the, the time we have allotted when it comes to security around remote work. But there are a number of things that that agencies need to prepare for. It can be greatly productive where agencies and companies are finding huge productivity gains with working from home along with bringing that that work-life balance. And that's going to continue too, more in a hybrid environment. But those security aspects 
the ones I mentioned and many more, having multi-factor authentication, having hardening personal or work mobile devices, whether they be tablets or cell phones. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so if you're thinking about expanding your remote employee workforce, can be a great way to expand your recruiting reach for talent beyond just your local city and to create that team culture that's so popular right now with that extra flexibility. But we're going to have to cross our T's. And I know that Quantum's put a lot of work into that. So I just want to encourage you guys to use that downloadable resource. It's just a matter of having a checklist so that you can cross those T's, dot those I's and be set up in a good place. You can take advantage of such a great way to you know, bring your agency into the future while still protecting your agency from those cyber threats. So, and, and Caitlin, one more thing, just now that you mentioned it, I saw a report you mentioned attracting employees and retaining them. We saw a report just last week now that we've gone through the pandemic and the precedents set about re- remote work of much larger percentage of even boomers, much less the younger generations are going to demand that working from home is a component for condition of work. And of course, the younger generations that you get, millennials and below, are kind of demanding a a large percentage of them are saying that is a key decision maker. Yes. And it's such an accelerated rate compared to even a year or two ago as well. So pros and cons. Yes. Absolutely. So just to kind of summarize that for us, Ron, when it comes to an agency having a good strategy, the the key steps that we're really looking at for them to take following this episode. Yeah, really, it's bringing your agency together. And many of you out there have at least the beginnings or a good solid cyber hygiene plan, as I call it, uh, cyber readiness, call it whatever you want. But ensuring that you're on point or ensuring that you get started if you are not started, because the time is right now, right now, where you are open for incursions. So use the resources that are there. Have strategic planning sessions. And if you are in the first steps of implementing those, have them frequently, weekly, include across your staff to get the best input on where you're ready, where you may need to take next steps. Use the resources that are there for you. ACT is one of them. There are a lot of great resources out there. But keep in mind that it is key to keep on it. It's not a one and done, as I said before. And the biggest thing I'll say, Caitlin, you can have a risk assessment. You can have a solid written information security plan or WISP. You can have a great response plan. Agency staff training is the biggest thing. You can have all of those things in place. All it takes is an errant quick click by anyone in the agency, and you may be infected with malware, ransomware. And there's some great lower cost agency training programs out there, Know Before, and a few others that you can use as leadership to send test emails to your staff, and it'll report back who succeeded, who might have clicked on the link that they shouldn't have, and you can have those conversations to say, okay, you did great on this, but you're still opening emails that you didn't check the URL and Mm. all of the other key flags that you Because some of those emails really can look real at first glance. 
if we're rushing, trying yeah. to get through that yeah. email inbox. <laughs> Sometimes. And what role would cyber liability insurance play on all of this? Because it sounds like a somewhat bleak scenario. So what can we do to make sure that our agencies can recover if this were to happen? Um, That's a key that we haven't mentioned. That goes along with, it's right there with preparedness and covering yourself with cyber liability insurance. And there's a number of companies out there that provide good cyber liability insurance. There's a report by Beasley, B-E-A-Z-L-E-Y, that ranks those every year or even more frequently. And the landscape is changing right now. So I'd point to that as a good resource. The Big Eye provides, has a partnership with some company called The Coalition that provides great cyber liability insurance. So for those agents out there that are selling cyber liability insurance, enabling their customers, covering their customers, small businesses, breweries, food trucks, whatever, you have to have it for yourself as well. Because the costs around a breach, even if you have not exposed a lot of critical data, the forensics and the the groundwork that has to happen, the communications, the reputation management, there's a lot involved there. I know the costs have changed, but for a while, the average cost for any breach was around $299,000 for a small business. A number of those businesses, at one point, it was 60% of those breached go out of business. So that's not a position we want our independent agent partners to be in. No. And agents, you are so good about making sure that your clients are educated about their coverages. You're selling... You're having those liability conversations to make sure they don't have state minimum and you're selling umbrella policies and you're making sure that they know about scheduled personal property and life insurance. So take a moment, put yourself first, be strategic and protect this agency that you have put so much of your own blood, sweat and tears into because you can definitely protect it and make sure that you're on a great path so that this threat isn't something that has to take your agency down if there were to be a breach. So I hope that this information has been helpful for you guys along those lines. And just so many resources that Ron mentioned that really take the mystery about a, out of the steps that you would need to take to make this happen. And that vendor matrix, the state guide, Ron, you mentioned the remote employee downloadable agreement, the, the Beasley ranking for vendors is really just everything that we need at our fingertips. So I think it's really neat that ACT has put so much thought into preparing those resources so that they're accessible to agents and make it just making it as easy as possible for you to take this big step in your agency. So Ron, could you leave us with just a few other things that are top of mind for you and the council at ACT and maybe some initiatives that you have going on currently that you're working on that you'd want the agency force to be aware of? Sure. So everything that you just mentioned, Caitlin, is not created by me or the other person, Ginny, who works at ACT. We are two-person staff supporting the nation of agents. But it's the cooperative efforts of your carriers, the vendors, the agents and brokers, the user groups and associations that come together in our work groups. So to your point or question, Caitlin, our work groups focus on individual issues like cyber and customer experience that we've mentioned. We've got another initiative going on right now where we're creating that remote work security guide. We're updating our customer experience website with a brand new agency self-assessment so that they can go through and just answer a few questions about themselves 
like the cyber guide, and it tells them where to get started. And we've got a similar self-assessment for the cyber guide. We're creating a number of webinars on this kind of information. We're creating kind of a state of data, understanding how data is driving our industry and what the implications are for agents, carriers, and vendors. Same with APIs. That's another focus for us right now is getting clarity for our, our industry on how APIs are being able to connect agents with more functionality through their management system and third-party vendors directly to their carriers. So there's a lot going on and I'm sure I'm missing some things. One of the things that we have that I'll call out very quickly as we wrap is ADA and accessibility. As many agencies that are being attacked or being sought after by the cyber actors, the amount of litigation around ADA and accessibility is ridiculous. Just because there's no federal law or structure around it, what's happening is more bad actors. I've got a lot of names for them and I'm not going to say them. (laughs) There are attorneys, bad attorneys out there that are using bots, programmed bots to basically automatically scroll the internet looking for words like insurance, agency, coverage, and they're finding your websites and they're then scanning them to see if you are ADA compliant or what degree you are ADA compliant. And they're bringing suits automatically against agencies, hoping that they settle out of court for a smaller amount. So we put together an ADA FAQ webpage that helps agents. You take reasonable steps. You can't be fully ADA compliant. It's it's just too big of a hurdle. But taking reasonable steps to stay away from that type of litigation, I think it was over 597,000 suits were bought last year alone on accessibility against websites because at least up until now, it's, it's changing right now. But I will say your website is currently being viewed legally as the same as your storefront operation. Mm-hmm. But that's a huge thing that I want the audience to know about. That's huge. And it's definitely a real risk that agency owners face. And there's just so much on the horizon along those lines. So thanks for sharing, Ron. And these resources are so helpful. Can you just remind us one more time where we can find your website and begin diving into some of these tools? Sure. It's simply independentagent.com slash act, A-C-T. We've got everything front and center. Wonderful. Well, any fun plans for the rest of the day? Yes. Working on more things like this. That's the rest of my day. Well, we're grateful for the time that you're putting into this. Thank you for sharing. I hope you have a really fun time knocking out some of those resources, those conversations that you're having. Like you said, it's really a partnership with the carriers and the vendors and everyone that's involved in those work studies. And so really neat to be able to get a sneak peek into what's going on and what we need to be aware of. Agents, be sure to find the ACT website and dive into those tools. And just so that you're aware, Agency Nation also has an additional resource 
course coming up for you regarding cybersecurity. So um, make sure that you're registering for the Elevate Conference and signing up for the workshop on cybersecurity. They're bringing in an expert who is a retired FBI agent. So that will be super compelling and interesting just to kind of see what's going on in that realm as well. So thanks so much for joining us, agents. We hope you have a super successful day and looking forward to talking to you next time. Thanks, Ron. Thanks, Caitlin.